0: Good morning, everyone.
1: Hey, it must be Monday. It's Mike. And Mary.
0: That's why we call the podcast
1: Mondays with Mike and Mary.
0: And welcome to it. Nice to see you. Well, nice to hear you. Nice Nice to be be heard. heard. (laughs) You know, I just thought of there might be some people listening to this podcast while they're on their way to the Master Sales Academy.
1: Ooh, that would be so cool.
0: Yeah. Can't wait to see you. Can't
1: wait to see you.
0: We're going to have a wonderful time, but this podcast is about R Squared coaching and some of the highlights from our most recent week's coaching calls. Parade of Techniques, Ask the Experts. Do you have a highlight from last week that you'd like to share with us on a Parade of Techniques? I do.
1: You You know, I kind of thought that the hot market was cooling off, and I think it did cool off a little bit over the winter time. But boy, has it been heated back up again. And many, many, many of our students are experiencing this multiple offers. I had someone that wrote five offers and got none of them through, in spite of the fact that she thought she'd at least get two of them through. Holy cow. All
0: different buyers? Yeah. Wow. I got,
1: well, or three different buyers. I got someone else that um, is kind of freaking out because a property's been on the market for two weeks, and it's not sold yet. I mean, wow, that's the sign of a hot market and multiple offers. So the of techniques I want to share with you today is a way to prospect. And it's a way to, excuse me, it's a way to get your listings to measure up when the appraiser comes. So frequently in a multiple offer situation, we've got people outbidding one another, right? Yeah. And then the appraiser comes in, and his job is to put the kibosh on the whole thing. And um, so this uh, technique was take all the offers that were rejected, print them up, staple them together, you know, take the name, if you want to black out the name, that's fine. But let the appraiser see those offers. So this student was emailing them to the appraiser. A few weeks ago, we had someone that recommended laying them on the kitchen counter for the appraiser. And a year ago, yeah. we had someone that recommended door knocking. A
0: prospecting tool.
1: With exactly the same thing. Black yeah. the name out. Attach those three, four, five offers to a clipboard stapled together and say, I stopped by to find out if you were thinking of selling. No? Well, here's the reason why. These four families all chose to live in this neighborhood, picked out a house and didn't get it. And I'm just wondering if you're thinking of moving, this might be the time you could get maximum cash for your house. So however you want to use those multiple offer situations to your advantage as the listing agent, I think there's a way to prospect with it. I think there's a way to help get your appraisers in. So hope that helps everybody out there in listening land. How about you, Michael?
0: Well, I had a great parade of techniques, something I'd never thought of before. And I think this is genius. Now, when police come to a crime scene, what's the first thing they do before they walk into the the crime scene?
1: Put booties on?
0: Yep. This person has a supply of booties at the door at her open house. She wears booties during the open house, and she has the people coming in the door put booties on. What a way to frame that open house as immaculate. It's like we don't want to leave any trace, you know. It's a—I think that's genius. I love that idea.
1: It's also much friendlier, more hospitable oh, than saying, take off yeah. your shoes, please. You know, like I, you walk in and I command you to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you know. Oh, yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> that's a neat idea.
0: What a great perception to create.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How about an ask the experts question? Oh, there? I got
1: one of those. Yeah,
0: you got a doozy.
1: All right. Well, I got a student who is uh, has been. She had her. She had her website designed by a pro. She's had her website managed by a pro. It's uh, hands off. It's a great little website. Although, as she analyzed, how much return on my investment as, am I getting? how many transactions can I attribute directly to my website? She realized the answer was none. Oh, no. Now, a little later on the call, someone asked the question, well, how many do you get? And we went around the horn for a second person asking that question. And the answer was uh, one or two uh, and mostly zero. Wow. You know, directly attributable to that. Website. This is a
0: personal website for an agent. Right. That's not capturing any leads.
1: Right. Okay. And this particular website is due to come up now uh, to be paid again. It's $5,000 a year. It's been in existence for five years. Mm-hmm. Do I renew it or do I not? And.
0: Um, so you spent $25,000, made zero. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wanna, that's not a difficult decision. Want
1: to take a guess <laughs> at what was heard? Yeah. So over and over again, um, you know, the other people on the team said, hey, I'm using my company's website, Mm -hmm. and then I've got a personal landing page, and I can attach things to that, other landing pages, et cetera. Sure, sure. And, you know, it's not costing me $5,000 a year, and I got better use for that $5,000. So over and over we heard that. I think the point, though, is that the – concept of a website has changed from what it was 15 years ago, oh, 10 years ago,
0: 15 months ago.
1: Y- yeah. So. You know, sometimes if you're an early implementer, Uh you got some real big benefits from that early implementation. But if you're a late implementer and this person was laughing, "Uh, yeah, it was on my to-do list for like eight years and now she's had it for five. So that's 13 years ago that this concept, I think. Websites have become sort of like a personal brochure. People go there to validate that you're on the up and up, to yeah. check your credentials, to confirm that
0: you're Googleable. That, yeah.
1: Yeah. But other than that, I don't know that you can really attribute a whole lot of business directly to that. Better, and one of the other. Um, participants in that call said, you know, do a podcast, start writing a blog, think of other ways to use social media and to draw people to your website that are going to um, produce listings and sales.
0: So, you know, Rick Rosen puts together, he's, he's got dozens of websites out there. He calls them outposts, you know, that capture leads and capture information and he's they're got, all free.
1: He's got funnels. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. And, you know, the cost of digital media has changed so much. Oh, yeah. Remember the first digital camera?
1: Oh, my I remember gosh. it
0: was half a megapixel. It was over $500. Yep. I think
1: Crazy. they were a 1000 when they first came out, yeah. weren't they? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, there's ways to economize. Now there is. For sure. <clears throat> well, I had a, a kind of a psychological Ask the Experts this week Ooh. that really got my attention and got some great feedback and answers and interaction on this team.
1: I can't wait to hear.
0: You know, Floyd's philosophy is always prepare people for the worst,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: not just the best. Now that doesn't mean only prepare people for the worst. Because if you're, if you're a doomsday, doom and gloom kind of person who's saying, here's all the bad stuff that's going to happen, you know, to buyers up front or to sellers up front, you could scare some of them. Okay. So the Ask the Experts question was, I feel like I'm forecasting things that are scaring my clients. Ah. Because I think what he was doing is just preparing them for the worst, not also the best. Okay. So how how do I mitigate that so I'm not scaring people, but still preparing them? Yep. And, of course, got some great great advice. And the first thing he heard was, well, if you feel like you're doing that, you probably are. Ah, Very good. Pay attention to your feelings. I think that's important. Then he heard, well, listen more and talk less. Or to put it in Wickman terms, never sell with blah, blah. If blah gets the job done. Yep. Sometimes it's TMI, too much information. Remember when you were new and enthusiastic about the business? What does Floyd tell us? Stay new. Mm -hmm. Keep that enthusiasm or restore it. Pretend you're new. And and yes, prepare people for the worst, but you do it in a way that's not doom and gloom, but rather keep your fingers crossed. What's that?
1: Oh, I was hoping you'd say that because I've been sitting (laughs) here going, KYFC, KYFC. Keep your fingers crossed. Thank you, Floyd.
0: Which we used to say was keep them hopping. <laughs> but which you know on one foot but really keep them hoping <laughs> is what it means yeah <clears throat> because when you confuse people emotionally they procrastinate and that was what's happening here oh he's confusing them and so they are procrastinating so what do you do you put together a comprehensive pre-appointment package and a checklist and yes, There are going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be hiccups. Every transaction has them. We are problem preventers and problem solvers with our systems, with our process, with our checklists. So no matter what happens, I want you to know you're in good hands because we have the systems and the checklists and the processes and the experience not only do I have experience, but I've got all this support behind me, all the the thousands of homes my company sold through this experience. We know how to not only prevent problems, but the inevitable ones that come up after, how to solve them so that you get to closing. So I think you encourage, and while preparing them for the worst with the KYFC dialogue, keep your fingers crossed.
1: Oh, I love it. And so good that you have me because other agents don't have those systems. Oh yeah, you know, let them see the difference and then know that you're on their side. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really great question to have. Just the self awareness of being able to say, "Huh, I think that's what's happening. I'm scaring them." You know, that's create that's self awareness. Yeah, yeah,
0: great question. And personally, I wanted to say I love all of you who are coming to Master Sales Academy. I can't wait to love on you and hug you and tell you how, mo- how important you are to us. And for those of you who are not making it, for whatever reason, you've got six months to fix your schedule up, make your room reservations, and clear the deck so that you can be with us next time. And I sure hope you are
1: business breakthrough in november
0: in lexington
1: yeah so be watching our website because if you're not in the room we're going to announce some funky things when we get to master sales academy and i believe our website's ready to change and get people signed up for business breakthrough
0: we have a website we d- oh well <laughs> it's just a brochure floydwickman.com <laughs> oh yeah <clears throat> see you next time
1: bye